0: For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me... You ought to underline that if you write in your Bible. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh... That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And so again, I want to preach to you tonight on that thought when God says no. Brother Shelby, if you would, please pray for me tonight. the Word of God, Lord, and taking his ear and inclining it to you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to just bless this reason, Father God. touch you, Lord. Let us uh, use him, Father God, as your mouthpiece tonight, God. To our hearts in our lives, God. Lord, allow us to be yes, obedient Lord. servants to you, Father God. Allow us to amen where the amen needs to be, Lord. Allow us to, to surrender the things back to you, God, that yes, need to Lord. be surrendered Lord, unto you, Father. Yes. Lord, if they do want it here tonight, God, Lord, it may not got things nailed down. It may not be right, God. I pray that your will be done in your house tonight, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated here tonight. I'm just going to give you a brief review of what we said last Wednesday night. I'm not going to re-preach it, but I am going to make mention of some things. Let me say tonight, first of all, by way of introduction, it is here in uh, our text where we find Paul's letter to that church at Corinth. And within this text we understand that Paul has made mention of the thorn that is in his flesh. The Bible says that Paul has prayed not once and twice but thrice or three times and asked God to remove the thorn from his life. May I say the Bible said that Paul was buffeted with a messenger of Satan. Can I say this tonight? I believe Paul was under a constant attack uh, from a demonic spirit if you will or the devil himself that Paul was under a constant attack And I said it like this last week I believe in three major categories Probably many more But number one I believe that this messenger of Satan Attacked him with his past If you look at Paul You understand that uh, Paul the Bible said Was not only a sinner And a bad sinner But the chief of all sinners There was not a man uh, that did more sin Or was a worse sinner If you will than Paul And the Bible said That one day on that Damascus road that God the Father came out and uh, the voice from heaven spake to Saul at that time and said Saul Saul why persecutest thou the church and the Bible said that when he heard the voice that Saul knew it was the Lord and long story short the Bible said that uh, he sent Paul and blinded him for uh, three days and Paul or Saul was transformed changed and saved by the grace of God and changed the Paul now we understand that Paul is a preacher and the, and the Bible lets you know that Paul uh, is the preacher that exposes the truth of the gospel more so than anybody to the Gentile uh, that's, that's that was you and I that was anybody but a Jew and so uh, Paul lives his life and he's preaching the word of God he's uh, teaching the word of God but he's doing so with a constant uh, thorn in his flesh uh, uh, can I say repeatedly Paul makes it clear uh, that because uh, of this thorn in the flesh he is hindered if you will in some ways uh, we understand the Bible said there in verses number 1 through 6 that Paul uh, was transformed and transfigured if you will he was taken to the third heaven uh, the Bible said Paul said uh, and I knew such a man whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell God knoweth how the He was caught up into paradise And heard unspeakable words Which is not lawful for man to utter And he said of such a one Will I glory Yet not of myself I will not glory But in mine infirmities For though I would desire to glory I shall not be a fool For I will say the truth Now I forbear Lest any man should think of me Above that which he seeth me to be Or that he heareth of me I mean Paul has literally uh, went to levels with God that no other man has been. Uh, There's nobody that you can look at in that Bible uh, that God does for Paul uh, for someone else. Now there's other times and other heavenly experiences in the Bible, uh, but Paul uh, has one that men know nothing about. Uh, Can I say that easily I believe that uh, this could have went the wrong direction. I talked about it last week. How the goodness of God is supposed to lead us to repentance but if you're not careful you'll take the goodness of God and the blessings of God and they will uh, they'll, they'll get in your mind in a carnal way and it will bring forth pride and of course we know that pride bringeth forth the fall a haughty spirit and destruction and so repeatedly over and over and over uh, we find Paul is uh, tormented by this thorn in the flesh uh, can I I ask you here tonight as I, I stated last week and I got a little carried away but it was fine uh, can I say tonight if you're not careful uh, the devil will use the very scriptures of the word of God against you for example Jeremiah 33 3 call unto me and I will answer thee and will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not Matthew 7 7 I ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find and knock and it shall be open unto you Mark 11 24 Therefore I say unto you Whatsoever things you desire when you pray Believe that you have received them And ye shall have them John 14, 13 and 14 And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name That will I do uh, That the Father may be glorified If ye shall ask anything in my name I will do it James 4, 2 We know this one The Bible said you have not Because ye ask not And I give you a good illustration How the Charismatics will take these verses And they'll, they'll they'll run their campaign Of name it and claim it But I'm, ter- I'm, ter- I'm ter- here to tell you something I, That don't work in the world of God You can't name something And claim something If it's not God's will I, Can I say tonight That when we pray and we ask God And we beg God to change our situation We beg God to intervene on our behalf We beg God to remove that sickness Or that disease Uh, we beg God uh, to remove and withdraw the thorn in our flesh sometimes uh, the Lord will say yes but other times uh, he will simply say no and what are you going to do when God says no Uh, my friend uh, Adam asked God uh, to to, to spare uh, Lot and uh, to save uh, uh, his family and God said yes Moses asked God not to destroy the children of Israel and God said yes Elijah uh, prayed that it would rain and God said yes he turned around and prayed that it would not rain and God said yes then he asked for fire to fall and God said yes Uh, and uh, prayed for a man child God said yes Uh, Samson asked for strength uh, uh, to knock down those pillars in a dying effort and God said yes Uh, all throughout the Bible we see great men uh, that, that ask of God and he said yes but when it comes Paul's turn God says no it is my personal belief tonight that Paul I think uh, has probably done more for God than any other man in that Bible Uh, when you get to looking at the apostle Paul's life uh, I believe he done more for the cause of Christ uh, than any other of the apostles Uh, I believe Paul was a, a man of God a real man of God wrote three quarters of the New New Testament, I mean endured hard affliction, I'm talking about buddy, you think we've got it bad, uh, can I tell you what, tonight Paul knew what it was to face trouble for the cause of Christ, uh, and he endures, and he endures, and he goes on, and he goes on, and he's faithful, and he's faithful, yet when it comes to this thorn, uh, God says no, uh, last week, I uh, uh, here's our review, last week we looked at one thing, uh, I didn't get past this one thing, but Last week we looked and said, number one, uh, when God says no, that the thorn was actually, number one, the sovereign gift. Uh, The Bible said there uh, in verse number seven, uh, that there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Uh, Can I say Paul knew what it was uh, to receive a gift from God? And you and I know what it is to receive a a gift from God. We look at our children and we say, oh Lord, thank you. Uh, it's a gift from God. We look at our spouse and, and we'd say, Oh Lord, thank you. What a wonderful gift from God. We look at our salvation and we say, Thank you, Lord. What a wonderful gift from God. But let me say this tonight at some of the deepest and the darkest valleys uh, that you and I have ever had to wade through, uh, at some of the highest tides uh, and the fiercest winds that we've ever faced, uh, at some of the lowest points uh, and some of the tallest hills. Uh, Uh, That we've ever, somebody ought to help me tonight, uh, that we've ever had to climb uh, have been gifts from God. Uh, I'm trying to tell you tonight. Everything that you blame on the devil Ain't the devil's fault Uh, Every valley you go through Ain't because uh, the devil's on your back Uh, Every issue that you're faced with uh, It's not because the devil Is attacking you uh, uh, But my friend God sometimes uh, uh, Will give us uh, a thorn In our flesh uh, A problem that we've got to endure uh, Because within that Sovereign gift there's a Greater purpose Paul had a purpose for this storm. And I said it last week Three things we've seen in that gift Number one A heavenly experience We went uh to verse number two Where he was in and out about it. Then we seen there was a humbling endeavor at This thorn You know what the purpose of the thorn was In Paul's life You can read it there Won't forsake a time It was to keep Paul humble It was to keep the people From esteeming Paul More than they should And Paul from esteeming himself More than he should this constant Satan, uh, messenger of Satan that was sent uh, to Buffett, Paul was sent uh, with one goal, and that was to keep the man of God humble. Uh, can I say tonight some of the things uh, uh, that you've got going on in your life, it may not be humility, uh, but it may be making you learn and uh, become something that you're not. Maybe maybe God needs you to be more faithful, and so you know how people do uh, uh, whenever. things bad they run to God uh, when everything's bad they get on their face and uh, when everything's bad they'll read the Bible and when everything's bad they'll try to walk with God because they want God to change their situation uh, but can I say instead of asking God uh, to change your situation won't you ask God to change you in your situation uh, Paul was need to be made humble and kept low and so there was a humbling endeavor within the sovereign and gift. There was a heavenly experience a humbling endeavor but then lastly we said there was a hurtful effect. The Bible said there in verses number 7 and 8 lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. He wasn't praying for God to take it away to have something to do for him. He was praying God Remove it. Bring this curse off of my life. Uh, remove the messenger of Satan. Withdraw the thorn in my life and my ministry because it was hurtful. Uh, can you imagine now? I believe this uh, I believe this messenger covered a wide variety of things when he would uh, come to Paul. Uh, by the way, that is what the thorn is. Uh, it's defined in your Bible. When the Bible said there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, it says, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, as the devil ever uh, talked in y'all, whispered in your ear, as the devil ever came by your way and uh, tried to make you uh, uh, listen to what he had to say. Uh, my friend, I'm here to tell you tonight uh, that there's still some messengers from hell. There's still some demonic. Uh, uh, there's still some demonic forces at work. Uh, uh, there's still some things uh, uh, in this world that you and I. Are going to have to be faced with uh, uh, That are going to be hurtful They're going to be harmful Uh, Can I say every time uh, That God gives us uh, A thorn in the flesh uh, More than likely it'll hurt you It'll it'll hinder you if you will It'll harm you Uh, But at the end of this thing uh, What you'll find uh, Is God don't give you a gift uh, uh, To harm you or hinder you Or hurt you uh, uh, But in the end it'll be meant to help you Uh, I'm trying to tell you tonight uh, uh, When you look at this thorn uh, And you look at God saying no uh, There's a hurtful effect uh, uh, But the giver of the thorn uh, Was none other than God Uh, My friend God will allow uh, Certain thorns to be present In your life To keep you where you need to be Uh, Preacher I don't understand Why God uh, won't give me this Uh, I don't understand why God won't take away that Uh, I don't understand why God won't hear my prayer I don't understand why God Won't change my situation Look up in here and listen I'm here to tell you tonight God knows what he's Doing and you need to quit Wondering why and how And start looking at who He's in charge of the gifts He's in charge of the thorns He's in charge of the Burdens that you've been dealt And you've got to carry God is good at being God. Amen. Because of that, God has given you some humbling endeavors, yeah. and some hurtful effects, but they're all a product of those heavenly experiences. Right. Are you listening? You ought to thank God for the heavenly experiences. And you ought to thank God for the hurtful effects. Or the, uh, yeah, the hurtful effects. And you ought to thank God for the humbling in there. Has God ever put some of y'all through some things? uh, And you come out the end better as a person than you were before you went. That's because God knows knows what He's doing. Have any of y'all ever had to walk through the valley? And during the time that you was in that valley, uh, you thought it was going to kill you. Uh, You thought it was going to drag you out uh, and get you down. Uh, You thought it would be the end of life. as you knew it spiritually maybe even physically oh but thank God in heaven somewhere beyond the third heaven it was a God sitting on his throne and he knew exactly what you needed when you needed it and how you needed it somebody help me tonight I can look back and see the struggles that I thought would be the end of me but they were used to help me in the end I'm trying to tell you tonight, God is in charge of the thorns. It was a thorn that was given to Paul. That word in its context literally means, I said it last week, that thorn, it literally means a pointed stake. You look at the context and the translation. It literally means a pointed stake. I give the ex- example last week with my uh, with my knife, a pointed stake. I said, "Here we go." Uh, God went to Leah on her spiritual birthday, sang her happy birthday, and said, "Here you go, sister Leah, on your seventh year anniversary or birthday from being saved. I got you a gift." And uh, she, oh, okay. She, she did the gift, took the bow off, ripped the paper off, cut the uh, cut the tape off the box, opened the box, and out popped the gift that she unraveled the paper and looked and here's God He put as Dag went Amen. Y'all remember that? Amen. Ooh. What's this? It's my gift. Huh? What is this, Lord? Is this for this gotta be for Brother Jim or Dave? God be, Lord. I know you wouldn't want to stab me. If you're gonna stab anybody, you'd stab the one that ain't got no sense, a Democrat. Huh? One ain't got no biblical conventions, a Democrat. Come on, somebody, help me now. Ain't got no morals, ain't got no sense. That's all Democrats. Come on, somebody. Picking on Dave, that's all of them. Here you go. Huh? Is anybody like getting them gifts from God? But they're meant to help you. Right. Right. Lord, why me? Why not you? Help me somebody. Lord, I've been going to church faithfully all these years. Why would I get terminal cancer? Why not you? Are you listening? Most of the time it's those people that you think deserve the gift. The gift wouldn't be no good for them somebody. Cancer wouldn't be no good for that one or this one because what they would do is what the world does. Sob around and cry and all those types of things and pity. Uh, me, oh woe is me, but a real child of God uh, can be given some of the worst gifts uh, and the world looks at them, they, they don't never lose their soul and they don't lose their smile and they don't lose their service uh, and they'll walk on in the midst of trouble with hell all around them and still lift their arms and their rocks and the heart. Why does God give you the gift? Because he wants to. Amen. And so it's a sovereign gift. This thorn in Paul's flesh created serious pain and spiritual pressure. God has a purpose and a reason. Thank you for, for the thorns. That's a lot easier said than it is lived, ain't it? Quit griping about the thorns and start growing from them. But God teach you during those times. If it wasn't for some of the thorns in our life, we'd think more of ourselves than we ought to. Thank God for the thorns, not because they're enjoyable or desirable or pleasurable, but because they're purposeful. Are y'all listening? You ain't going to enjoy the thorns. They're not going to be enjoyable or desirable or pleasurable, but they will be purposeful. There is a purpose behind the thorn. When you ask God to remove it and He says, No, just know this, it's because He needs you to have that gift. All throughout the Bible, God gives us example after example of men who were healed. But He also gives us examples of men who were not. Are you following me tonight? He gives us examples of men who were cured from disease. But he also gives us examples of men who were not. Men that were raised from their death, but others were not. And just because, listen now, God removes the thorn for one person and not the other does not mean that one's closer to God or more favored by God or walking with God. Hey, sometimes God just needs you to carry the thorn, to bear the thorn. Because there's a different purpose, see. Some of y'all look around the room tonight and you think, well, God removed her for they ain't mine. Well, it's because your purpose is different. God's going to teach you something that they don't need to be taught, maybe right now. Or maybe they've already been. See, be real careful about trying to figure out everybody's circumstances. We don't know. Y'all don't know where... You look around here, you think you know where people's at. You don't know where nobody's at. That's right. You don't know what God's teaching this one and you don't know what God's already taught that one. Yep. There's thorns, that God, there's problems, there's heaviness, there's broken hearts that have to take place in order for God to teach you and I what we need to learn. Yeah. He's teaching Paul about humility. That's why he won't get telling yes. He's teaching him to be humble. My friend, the sovereign gift has been given to all of us. Sovereign gift brings forth heavenly experience, humble endeavors, and hurtful effects. Now, secondly, got one point, three points in that point. <clears throat> when God says no, I want you to see not only the sovereign gift, but look at verse number nine. The Bible said, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. We see the sovereign gift of the thorn, but then we find there was sufficient grace concerning the thorn. Uh, Can I say within this matter of sufficient grace, there's three or four things I want you to see. Number one, I want you to see there was a personal response. There is a personal response. Paul beseeches the Lord not once or twice, but three times, and then he receives a Personal response from God uh, God responds to Paul's statement in verse 8 by saying my grace is sufficient in verse number 9 stay with me and help me now uh, there was, note this there was sufficient grace for Paul's thorn in the flesh uh, Paul asked God three times to remove it and God said no all three times uh, but ain't you glad that God didn't leave Paul with all bad news help me somebody Uh, he may not change your situation uh, but you can mark her down take it to the bank Uh, he's got enough grace to be sufficient for your situation there's no problem too big uh, that the grace of God will not be sufficient my friend the Lord uses uh, a personal possessive pronoun when he uses the word of my Uh, he said my grace uh, is sufficient what's the big deal about God's saying my well when we read that word my it's referring to only one person and it's referring to the God of heaven and the God of all glory the God that put the sun the moon the stars and the planets in orbit I'm telling you that God tells Paul no but he follows up by letting him know uh, that his grace will see him through uh, may I say Paul still had a messenger of Satan but God's grace will sufficient. Paul still had a spiritual war to fight, but God's grace was sufficient. Paul still was being attacked by the messenger of Satan, but God's grace was still sufficient. Paul still had a physical condition to deal with with his eyes, but God's grace was still sufficient. Here's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Sometimes God says no. When you ask Him to remove the thorn, because He's the one that gave it to you. Ain't you glad God's not an Indian giver? Uh, Y'all would shout on that if he did answer your prayer. I'm glad he answered it and didn't take it back. But what about when he says no and he don't take that back either? Help me somebody. Uh, Paul needed the thorn uh, and Paul realized uh, it's a sovereign gift from God. But within the sovereign gift, uh, there's sufficient grace. Uh, May I say God may tell you no when you ask him to remove a thorn, but his grace is still sufficient. God may say no when you ask Him to heal your body, but His grace is still sufficient. God may say no when you ask Him to fix your problem, but His grace is still sufficient. You may He may say no when you ask Him to change your situation, but His grace is still sufficient. May I say tonight, my friend, I quit focusing on how you're going to escape the fiery furnace, and realize that He's the fourth man. in the fire. can not you glad that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego wasn't looking how to get out, but they were looking to see how God was going to get in tonight. He may not change your problem, but His grace is sufficient to see you through. Is anybody here tonight that can look back and see time after time when you were begging God to remove the thorn? He told you No once the smoke finally cleared you were thankful for what God allowed you to go through I know I can now I can say tonight's God's grace is sufficient Amen. within this matter of sufficient grace not only do we see there was a uh, there was a personal response but secondly once you see there was a promise received. God responds personally and he gives Paul a promise. Look at verse nine with me. I don't know how y'all feel. But I'm about to have a heat stroke. I think it's the first time I've took my jacket off in six years. I'm about to die. There was a personal response, but then there's a promise received. Look at verse nine. He said unto me, "My grace is sufficient." Does everybody see that? Yeah. But then they don't stop there. Thank you, My grace is sufficient. See, there's a personal response. But then he follows with these two words, for thee. Now listen, if you don't read your Bible line by line and word by word and precept by precept, you're going to miss a whole lot that's in there. It would have been shouting ground if God would have said, Paul, the answer's no, but I do want to let you know my grace is sufficient. Well, Paul could have turned around and thought Well, yeah, it is sufficient It's sufficient for Abraham And it's sufficient for Elijah And it's sufficient for John And it's sufficient for Don Thomas And it's been sufficient for Peter And it's been sufficient for all these others But Lord, when you told me no It ain't sufficient because here I am Still with the thought, Still with the messenger of Satan to buff at me Lord, I've still got bad eyesight I'm still being attacked from every angle They still want to kill me out there God, this problem is going to be the death But God, but Paul didn't have to deal with all that because God, uh, not only did he personally respond, but there's a promise to be received. He not only said, My grace is sufficient, but he said, My grace uh, is sufficient for thee. Uh, May I say thank God for the wording of the Word of God because I can read that and it speaks to me tonight. Uh, His grace uh, is sufficient for me. Uh, Can I say tonight? it's one thing to read that God's grace was sufficient for Paul and it's one thing to see that God's grace is sufficient for everybody else around you but it's an entirely different thing when you get it settled deep down on the inside of your heart that his grace is sufficient for thee tonight and the thorns of life won't seem so bad when you start acknowledging God's grace is sufficient for you. May I I say so many times we see God answering other people's prayers and removing thorns from other people's lives while the thorn still present in our life. And if you're not careful, you'll start thinking that the grace of God is only at work when things change. Listen to me. Just because your situation is not changing and your problem is not leaving and the thorn is not being removed, does not mean that God's grace is not hard at work. It is, and it's still sufficient for thee. Don't be duped by deception. The devil will get in your mind when God tells you no. (laughs) He'll tell you, well, God lied to you, didn't he? You named it and claimed it. So God must be lying to you. What have you done for God to lie to you? God's forgot about you. See, he just answered that prayer over there, but he's leaving you where you are. So what's the problem? The devil will come and he'll tell you God's ignored you. He's mad at you. He's, here's a big good God's judging you. Yeah. Let me tell you all something. God ain't judging you. If he needs to get your attention and, and chastise you, he's pretty good at doing it. He don't play mind games. Help me, somebody. Right. Every little thing goes wrong, your transmission goes out. What have I done now, Lord? You probably didn't do anything. Well, somebody ought to shout over that. Right. I know how Baptist people, I know how Christians are. I can't tell you the people that's called me or approached me at church. I've let the Lord down. I'm thinking, oh gosh. Oh man. Here we go. How am I going to try help them get restored and repent? And I say, well... hate to hear that what what can I do to help you any wagon bar vehicle (laughs) I thought what are you talking about car broke down I failed the Lord somehow or another people think that way help me somebody well I I can tell I ain't been faithful why's that mommy's back in the hospital not doing good again. I know it's because I missed church last Sunday. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Quit buying into all that stuff. Yeah, right. Don't stand up and give a sob story how the devil's attacked you because your car broke down. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about cars. They break. Yeah, that's right. Are you listening? Yeah. They're man-made. Everything on this side of eternity is temporary. Yeah. It don't last forever. That don't mean the devil's after you, or God's forgot you, or God's spanking you. Things just happen. Amen. But there will be times that God does give you a thorn in the flesh, and that's going to be your car breaking down necessarily. God, this is—if you notice this thorn, it's a spiritual thing. I believe it's more spiritual than physical. I believe there's some physical application. But I believe it's more spiritual because it said a Satan, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. You know what that word buffet means? That word buffet means to strike in the face. Over and over and over again. He you know what he's saying in, in my terminology? Lord, this messenger of Satan is punching me in the face. Over. He's beating my brains out. Over and over and over again. Will you please make him stop? No. No. God, I don't know how much more of this I can take you're going to have to change it will you change it? no I thought about this and I hope this will be helpful not harmful I thought about Regina and Bob when I was studying this I, I literally believe at this point I do believe this and I may be wrong and if I am God will tell me about that judge judgment of Christ and I'll look like an idiot in front of you and everybody else but I, at this point, I've been examining this now for, what, five years or better? <laughs> I believe it's thorn in the flesh. Yeah. I do. I believe it's more spiritual than physical. I've seen Bob make strides during these five years. He's even said that God has revealed things to him and showed him things that well you don't need to work as much and there's there needs to be more time for God and this that and the other so there's been pros and cons but I firmly believe if we have seen an example of what it is for somebody to carry a thorn in the flesh I believe it would be them what are you saying well even tonight they're separated again uh, Bob's not in his home church again He's away from his family again. You don't think God, listen now, I, I'm, I'm going to move on in a second. You don't think God could open CSX in Corbin if he wanted to? Well, I need you to say something. Amen. Don't you think he's able? Right. Let me tell you something, if God didn't want you in debt, he could have it all gone tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Ain't that a thought to say amen on? If God wanted to pay all your debt off Brother Chris Tomorrow He could do it, he could do it. Right. And he does do it For some people he does. I know preachers That people they never met in their life Has come up to them and Say how much you owe on your truck 30,000 Here's your check Go pay it off Oh yeah now, It ain't never happened to me hope <laughs> oh, but it does someday But maybe God's going to tell me no In that area I believe with all my heart that God could change that situation for them. He could get Bob somewhere local. He could get Bob. But he's simply saying, no. Now, they could do one of two things. They could sit and sob and worry and groan and complain. Or they could say, all right, Lord, what in the world are you trying to teach me? What is there to learn? Instead of griping, complaining in our problems, let me tell you what we're going to start doing accepting them. And saying, All right, Lord, teach me. What is it? What is it? Are you listening to me? I'm just using it as an example. Because it's, it's been over and over and over. It's like it will not change. And it may never change until. For Paul, it was humility. For them, it's something else. Until we reach that place where God needs us to be to learn whatever He's trying to teach us, He's not going to say, okay. Yeah. He's going to say, no. And I want that to be helpful, not hurtful, to know how to deal with this. Okay, Lord, here I am. You've got my attention. What in the world are you trying to teach me? Right. See, it's a sovereign gift. He give it to you. Don't be mad about it. It's a gift. Yeah. And I give you the example. At Christmas, anybody ever get it? Uh, which now I appreciate stuff like this. But when I was a kid, my and papa all give us socks and underwear. I'm thinking, what in the name of God? Now I'm thankful for it because all oh, mine got holes in them. Somebody, That's both things got holes in them. Socks and underwear got holes in them. I'm rough on stuff, sir. I'm telling you, I'll tear the seat out of one. I'm telling you, I will. I don't know why I'm pastoring. I have no idea. But anyways, (laughs) I'm too redneck for this. But you look at a gift, think. What in the world is that? But God will serve you those types of gifts on a silver platter at times. What's it for? Well, it's a sovereign gift but it's also to get you to a place where you'll realize God's grace is sufficient. It's sufficient. Can I say tonight that the devil's going to tell you he's lying to you and ignoring you and mad, but in reality God is using the thorn to mold you and make you keep you and sustain you and teach you and humble you and help you and mature you and bless you down the road. Amen. I'm going to go back to Bob and Regina for a second. How much would they realize the grace of God is sufficient and His strength is made perfect in weakness if after all this time Bob got a phone call tomorrow and said okay we're opening up Corbin come back you know what they'd have to say whoa that had to be God Are you listening? Have you ever been somewhere with a thorn in the flesh and you begged God and you begged God and you begged God and and He said, no, 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 no. But somewhere down the road when you finally come to terms with, okay, God, you're still good no matter what. It's all right. And that you can look back and see that God used the thorn to teach you an invaluable, No value. Could be added to the gift that He gave you. Amen. Don't forget now that thorn was a gift from God given to Paul. You better be careful what you ask for. Yeah. Oh, yes, God, I just want to I just want to know more about you. Yeah. Do you? On, Lord, I want to be more like you. <laughs> Do you? Okay. You want to be more like more like him, God may send you a Judas. A dear friend to do nothing but betray you. Lord, I want to be more like you. Well, he may send you into a crowd of people who act like they're for you one minute, but then turn around and say, crucify, crucify. He may, he says, God, I want to be more like you. He may take your home. He he didn't have one. Help me somebody. Lord, I want to be more like you. Well, you don't have a home no more. I'm going to take your car. The Bible said that the birds have nests and the foxes had holes, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his own head. Uh, Can I say tonight, uh, uh, you want to be more like Him? Uh, It's not a road that climbs up, friend. Uh, uh, God always walked downhill. He was always down uh, as low as a man could go. And that's where you're closest to God is when you're the lowest in life. That's where you'll find Him. (laughs) Who was having to borrow a cradle? And who was having to borrow a cave? I mean he didn't even have a bare minimum. A bare minimum birth. He couldn't even get a room in the inn. Yeah. Are you listening? My God, Judas got to have a good nurse, not Jesus. Yeah. Well, I know we ain't shouting But this is is real preaching This is what's going to help you in your life I'm trying to tell you What you're going to have to understand Is if you're going to be like Jesus It's not going to be better And better and better It's probably going to get harder And harder and harder You're going to have to suffer You're going to have to endure affliction And persecution And heartbreak And letdown And cussing And backbiting And gossiping And torn hearts And backstabbing Because that's the life let Jesus lived Sufficient. But His grace is sufficient. It's a sovereign gift. It's a sovereign gift. God's given you a promise that can be received. Let me tell you what some of y'all are real guilty of doing. Trying to return the gift that God has given you. <laughs> Lord, I'm really sick of this. (laughs) I got a little, the Holy Spirit of God got a little comical with me today. I was meditating on this. And I thought about this altar being like a service desk. (laughs) And God is the one working the counter. And you know what a gift is, don't you? It's something you didn't buy. It was given. And i got to think about how the Lord will come in our lives and give us gifts. And then we'll take His word against Him, my Lord. You said if we got a care in the world, cast it up because you care for us. And so we'll bring the gifts because we're too self-centered to see that God's hand is at work. It's a sovereign gift. And His grace is sufficient even though we don't like it. And we'll use His own word and we'll come up and say, "I, I, I need to make a return, please. And God says to what are you returning? This this gift, I I think the devil gave it to me. I walked out on my porch yesterday, and my world ch- turned a complete circle. And I I, I it had to be the devil. Well, what is it? Well, Lord, you know, you said if I you know if I if I, was, I mean all the all we and I'm one of them. All we that labor, I mean I'm labor, Lord, that's obvious. All them that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm really heavy laden because of this junk gift right here. This is crap right here. It's the worst gift I've ever got, the devil had to give it to me. Coming to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Lord, I'm needing mean, you to take this because I, it's wearing me out. This job of mine's about to kill me. This this spouse of mine's about to kill me. This situation at work's about to kill me. This child of mine's about to kill me. This disease and sickness is about this pain in my body is about to kill me. This circumstance that, that that I don't know how I got here. I mean I woke up one day and was like, here. How many of y'all know that's how things come and go? Yes, sir. It's fine today and then tomorrow you're laid off. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. We're working today, but we're not working tomorrow. What? Right. We're not what do you mean? Here's your gift. Happy birthday. 70 years. Lord, now lay me down to sleep. I want to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Next morning, here's your gift. Well, it's a new day. God's mercies are new every day. He is blessed daily. loadeth me with benefit. Praise God. I'm a child of the most high king. Punch the time clock. Hey, Brother Ray, I need to talk to you. Hey, Brother Bob, come over here. We need to talk about something. Are you listening? What is it? Somebody dropped this gift off for you in the front office. It's got your name on it. it? What is it? I don't know. Some kind of... They open it up. Ray, you don't have a job now. Hmm, That's great. Bob, CSX is never calling you back because I really don't know why, but they're never calling you back. Thank you, Lord. What What a gift. Now, God, would you... See this problem, I need you to return it. I need to return it. I need to exchange it. It's how many of y'all have ever said, this problem ain't my size? Come on, somebody. Yeah. This problem right here don't fit me well. <laughs> I need to trade it out for something that does. And God sat behind the counter thinking, you big dummy." It's a gift from me, not the devil. And it's meant to help you, not hurt you. And you'll spend more time fighting the thorn than you do learning from the thorn. It's a gift from God. To me, people are waiting for the thorn to disappear so they can shout when they ought to be shouting right in the middle of bearing the thorn. I've heard people make statements like this, Brother Dax, and I'm hurrying. I've heard people say something like this. Preacher, I'll tell you one thing. As soon as this happens, son, I'm gonna shout the victory. Why aren't you shouting the victory now? Right? Amen. Huh? Well, as soon as this situation turns around, I can tell you one thing. When God intervenes right here, son, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run out the building. Why don't you run out the building now? Amen. What's he done to you that he ain't worthy of that right now? Why you got to wait for God to come up with a pair of tweezers and pluck a thorn out of your finger for you to stand up and say, God's been good in my life. You going to sit there sold up, mattering in hell all the time, and God sitting on His throne. He saved you. He bought you. He cleansed you. He washed you. He redeemed you. He sealed you. He sanctified you. He's kept you. He's provided for you. He's protected you. He's watched over you. His grace has been sufficient for you. You quit waiting on God I have to pluck out a thorn for y'all to quit to be happy about being saved. Amen. Shout through the fake. Yeah. Yeah. God doesn't even teach you something Want you to so shout while He's teaching you. Thirdly. Personal response. Excuse me. I've lost my place. Promise received. Thirdly tonight, I want you to see a perfected resource. There's a perfected resource. Look at verse 9. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient. Personal response. For thee, promise received. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Perfected resource. Are y'all seeing that? Amen. Somebody asked me one time, how in the world do you alliterate so well? It alliterates itself. That's the only thing I do. I'm telling you the truth. I've been asked that. Man, you alliterate everything. That's real. It's the only way I know I study, but it alliterates itself. Amen. Y'all see that? My personal response. Simple. My grace is sufficient for, for thee. Promise received. That's to Paul. Then, then, for my strength is made perfect. There's my other P. In weakness. Perfected resource. What's the resource? Resource. The strength of God. What's it been? Perfected. Amen. Well, I need somebody besides Chris to be happy that God's resource, His strength, has been perfected, but only on reach your Bible. His strength is only perfected in your life when you're in weakness. Amen. Don't you give me a bunch of baloney how, how how good and how strong God has been to you when everything's okay. Listen to me. Uh, it's hard for you and I to see the strength of the Lord when there's no mountains to be moved and no hills to be climbed and no enemy to overcome and no sickness to be cured and no battle to be fought no valley to have to walk through because it's in those times where we as men and mankind arrive to the place in our hearts and our spirits that we we know if God don't do something we'll not make it out but thank God he always comes through because there's a perfected resource in the strength of God right. is there anybody here that will bear witness with me tonight that it's in your weakest moments Darkest nights Lowest valleys Hardest battles Steepest hills And uh, difficult trials When God uh, reveals His strength the most uh, That is simply because His strength uh, Is made perfect in our weakness uh, My friend we have a perfected resource uh, In times of weakness When God says no uh, May I say tonight Help me for just a minute He may not change your situation But He has a strength to get you through it. He may not take away your heavy burden, but He has the strength to help you carry it. Uh, He may not remove a messenger of Satan, but He has the strength to keep you standing. He may not calm the wind, the rain, and the sea, uh, but He has the strength uh, uh, to get you to the other side, even if it's on planks and boards. Uh, uh, My friend, uh, it's okay for you and I to have a thorn uh, that puts us in a place of weakness because without the thorn we cannot see the perfected strength of God Amen. if you don't experience weakness you're never going to see his strength right. Right. God wants you to know just how big he is I mean we've been faced with things as a church weakness we were weak Bills never stopped coming, but the money did. Are you listening? I mean, people come, people go. I understand all that, but we've been to some low places. that I scratched my head and thought, okay, Lord, what? I can't do nothing now. That's where God wants you. He wants you to get to the place where you say, I can't. Because when you say I can't, he says I can. Right. When you say this is too heavy, he says, not for me. When you finally reach the place where you say, God, I've done all I can do, he says, good, now I can start. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he works. His strength are you listening? There's a perfected resource. The resource is, is his strength. But his strength is only made perfect in weakness. I worry about these people walk around giving credit to themselves for everything they have. If you're a child of God, eventually God's going to say, all right, I'm going to let you get to a place where you realize you can't do something. And you will have to watch me work. So here's your thorn. Here's your messenger of Satan to buffet you. Here's your gift. Unwrap that. Resource. Perfected resource. Lastly, when God says no, we find sufficient grace. Amen. Within this matter of God sufficient grace, I want you to see. Lastly, there is a perspective reconsideration. Look at verse 9. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient. Personal response for thee promise received. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Perfected resource. Now Paul's speaking. See, God said something. Now Paul's saying something. Now Paul goes from asking for it to be removed um, in verse number where was that? 9? Now he says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know what you find? God's grace is sufficient. It's a sovereign gift. The thorn's a sovereign gift. The grace is sufficient. And within that sufficient grace, he says, My grace is sufficient. There's your personal response for thee. There's your promise received. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. There's your uh your perfected resource. But then we see Paul gains a perspective, reconsider. He reconsiders the way he's looking at this thorn. He started off God. Take it away. No. God, remove it. No. Please, God, this is the third time for in honor of the Trinity. Uh, for God, the Father, the Son, Holy I mean, this is the third time. Would you please remove the thorn? Absolutely no. I won't. Now, let me tell you what a whole lot of Christians do after three times of being told no. I'm done with this. I've heard this so many times. I didn't sign up for this. Question What'd you sign up for? I mean, let's just, this is not deep theological stuff. This is practical stuff. You didn't sign up for it? I didn't sign up to be backstabbed. I didn't sign up to be hurt. I didn't sign up to be misled. What'd you sign up for? I mean, that's what, you know what Christ signed up for? When he left all of heaven to come here. He signed up to be rejected. He signed up to never have nothing. He signed up to be the to be the uh, the center of all the Pharisees' attention and the scoffers and the critics. He signed up for Gabbatha. He signed up for Golgotha. He signed up uh, for Gethsemane. He signed up for. Uh, he knew when he came. The object right. was to live a life of hurt and harm and hardship. Yeah. But he said, I'll go. I love him. Yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. So what did you sign up for? Fame and fortune and high fives in the ministry? Not going to happen unless you're a compromiser. Right. Right. Uh, Not going to happen. What'd you sign up for, Brother Josh? I didn't sign up for six years of hard work, preaching uh, three times a week and working on uh, this and that and running here and uh, only to have 20 on a Wednesday night. Well, what in the name of God did you sign up for? Because Jesus only had 12 members in His church. See, people walk in here and think, He ain't done nothing six years. I beg to differ. Amen. I, mean, I beg, I made the differ. Yes, saved, saved, Amen. then brought back. Amen. Brought back, brought back. Gonna have children to be saved. Saved, 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 saved. Ain't no hope Amen. for them three. <laughs> brought to our church from Timbuktu by the sovereign grace of God. Saved. Are you looking right here? God. Well, they've been doing on there for six years. Looks like God's been doing a whole bunch.